Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Ideal Home. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen in without having seen the film, just be aware that the plot will be spoiled for you. Enjoy. Hello. Hey, how's it going? You know how it's going? It's It's too hot. It's too hot. (laughs) This is awful. It was obviously going to start with that, wasn't it? This is the worst, Paddy. I despise this heat. The, the tone of your voice there makes it sound like it's my fault somehow. It is your fault. Did I did I do it? Did I bring the hell? You've angered the gods, and because you've done that, it has brought pain upon us all. The gods being Boris Johnson's new cabinet. Ugh. In which there are many skeletons, am I right? I, I have no words for what is happening in British politics. Um... It's so why do they why do they call it a cabinet when uh, in terms of household objects a cabinet is actually quite small. They don't call it like a wardrobe or a closet or anything like that. It's where you know you keep the bottle of Cointreau. The Cointreau. Oh, like so it's like a drinks cabinet. Yeah, so exactly. every, every every MP in the cabinet is likened to a particular kind of booze. Right, right. I see. Precisely. So um, Dominic Rab with his bigoted anti-feminist stance. Stella Artois, clearly. Oh, yeah. Yep, I can see that. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, could do, we could do this all day. Couldn't we? <laughs> Welcome to the Conservative Politicians as Drinks podcast. Yep. Sajid Javid, cheeky, think, thinks a bit too highly of himself. Um, Amaretto di Serrano, definitely. I was, I was thinking Lambrini. <laughs> no, because I don't think he's cheap, the Sarge. Uh, okay. I don't think of him as a cheap man. No, no. He, I think he spends when he needs to. I think he's he's thrifty, he's frugal, but he's not cheap. It's true, it's true. Who's who's the apple sours of... Uh... <laughs> what, uh, someone who enjoys going to nightclubs with 18-year-olds and... Yeah. <laughs> so Boris Johnson. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Someone who's very, very sickly and sweet. Yeah, definitely Boris Johnson. Yeah. Uh, you know, what kind of nation are we when Apple Sowers is the prime minister in this very strange and very laboured <laughs> metaphor? Make drinks great again. Make drink, make drinks cabinets great again. Yeah. <laughs> there used to be, um, I don't know if it still exists, it probably does, but I remember it was a very, very good day somewhere in our first year of university when we discovered on the shelves of the local supermarket a booze called Mickey Finns, which was just as green and possibly more luminous as apple sours but half of the price oh that sounds amazing (laughs) and the same as um oh what was it called there was a version of baileys that was the same like half the price irish meadow it was called (laughs) oh that is a good knockoff name yeah yeah i don't know if these still exist but back in the day 2006 to 2010 was a golden age of knockoff booze everything had like a knockoff version at sainsbury's it was half the price I think the best ones were the knockoffs of dodgy ciders. So you could get a Frosty Jacks or you could go all in and get a White Ace for half the price. <laughs> yeah, White Star. White Star. It'd be yeah. really great. All and it's, it's not like Frosty Jacks is expensive either. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> but if you were really counting the pennies, white ace. Yeah. Well, you know, if you really, really wanted to splash out, you could buy the um, what was it? The 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 old scrumpy. I can't remember even remember the brand of it. You could get a big two liter bottle for something like two thirty nine or something, which I used to do drink a lot with our our friend will quick we'd go to the co-op opposite my house get a big bottle of that and play our guitars and in our imaginary band called owl attack that's a very good imaginary band name well it was a real band except we just never played any shows it was just me and him <laughs> playing in my bedroom doing backstreet boys covers just never oh. really ironically for a band named after a bird it never got off the ground <laughs> <laughs> but you had a hooting good time we did yeah we had a, a hootenanny, you could say. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, so, but in in film news, but not related to this week's film, Rutger Howard died today. That's yeah, sad. That just underlines the, 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 the pure hell of today. We've got a horrible heat wave, like the worst heat wave in UK history. Worst in terms of it being the highest temperature. When You know, it's approaching 40 degrees where anything above about 22 is bad. Boris Johnson officially became Prime Minister. The Queen didn't kick him in the nuts and say, sorry, I'm not having this, as I thought she would. Um, and he's filling his cabinet with all of the worst people in the Conservative Party. So, And Rutger Hauer's dead at 75. So, yeah, what an awful rubbish day. It has been, a, in terms of politics, the people that are filling the Johnson cabinet are very much the the sort of... It's almost like there's been a right-wing coup of the party, which has then taken over the our entire government off the back of 90,000 people's votes yeah um, which just goes to show you democracy doesn't work <laughs> like our democracy is not, yeah is not working 90,000 votes clear mandate for no deal it's yeah you know we need an election although I imagine that Johnson would probably win against the current state of the Labour Party but even so yes it's all very very bad it just all feels kind of, sort of cyclical and inevitable doesn't it it's yeah. very Sisyphean. It's very shit-Sisyphean. <laughs> shit-Sisyphean. And Sisyphus had to work out in the heat, right? Every every single picture you see of Sisyphus, he's sweating. Yeah, precisely. Or is that just because he's pushing a boulder up a hill? Wait, is he <laughs> is he the is he the boulder guy, or is he the guy who's getting his insides pecked out by birds? Oh, I think is Prometheus insides pecked out by birds. I think. I thought Prometheus was like a fire guy. He brought down fire to humans, but the, his punishment for doing so was being chained to a rock and having his guts pecked out or his stomach eaten or something like that. That's that's a pretty bad punishment. Yeah, I mean, he was a pretty, pretty mean. Cool, he was a pretty cool dude. He he created us, created man, gave us fire. Um, yeah, which is currently burning us in a heat wave. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, you know, that's not his fault. That's Zeus's fault. Zeus is punishing us. Oh, fucking Zeus, man. It's, it's always, <laughs> yeah. What dick. Yeah. Yeah, and then on my way home today, I get to Waterloo Station and my train is delayed and I'm looking up at the board and it's just saying delayed and it's really super crowded and super hot and there's a fucking brass band playing <laughs> like right in the middle of the station and I can't see it because it's on the other side of the station but it's so loud, it's overpowering everything and they're playing the bare necessities from the Jungle Book but like a really, <laughs> really loud, farting, crashing version and it like it genuinely like really got my back up and I felt like I was about to have a heart attack. It was really awful. <laughs> so it, when it ended I did I breathed an audible sigh of relief. I um 
<laughs> Brass bands should be banned when the weather is above 25 degrees. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All, the, all that shiny metal, that's just going to get hot in the sun, isn't it? It's just such an abrasive sound as well. Is there's no there's no getting away from a brass band if there's one within a mile of your vicinity. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Yeah, a, a tuba on its own following someone like Boris Johnson around, fine. That I like. But once you get more than 3 brass instruments in one place that constitutes a brass band and you should need a license for that shit. Yeah. One is funny. <laughs> Two is also funny. Three is shit. <laughs> Three's a crowd of shit. <laughs> the crowd of shit. Um, just in case our listeners can't tell, my brain has been fried by a mixture of my day-to-day life and the current heat wave. So you're probably not going to get any fantastic quips out of me today. Oh, what? This is as, this is as good as it gets. I came here for some quips, man. All I wanted were the quips. I was just like, you know what's going to take my mind off this horrible heat? The quips. I'm sorry, it's going to be a disappointing evening for us. The quips and the bloods. But you know what wasn't disappointing? Ideal home. Ideal home. Did I get it right? You did get it right. I got yeah. it right. Yay! Yeah, this is um, this is a funny old film, isn't it? There's um, I I went into I really wanted to like it um, because it's, it's people that I generally like. Paul Rudd has done some stuff where you're like, okay, but Coogan really really like and as a concept i thought it was a really really good concept but i'm not sure that it fully got there but at the same time i didn't think it was bad either yeah i i'm in the same camp i think i didn't i didn't love this movie but there was lots of bits and pieces of it that i found funny and i feel like its plot was compelling yeah um i so in terms of recent movies we've watched where there's a fight over a child's future I think I probably was more emotionally attached to this than um, Captain America punches mathematicians. <laughs> Captain America, number puncher. <laughs> Precisely. Um, which is a movie that I enjoyed. but um, I, I think... found that one very emotional. And this one as well, actually, from that yeah. point of view. Even though I knew that th- with this one, it kind of didn't quite get there. Like It was very well paced at the beginning and then quite poorly paced towards the end, I thought. And it just sort of rushed very quickly towards its conclusion i still felt very very emotional um with the bits around the the boy i think anyth- anything with like sons or boys now is just gonna like make me cry but um i felt like it genuinely did have some very very nice moments there yes yeah and here that i think there was yeah there were some good moments in it and i think it did a good job of pacing its story well so that you got an understanding of where they were with their relationship with bill the kid um billy the kid billy the kid yeah well angel as his birth his birth name is yeah but no (laughs) which is the only (laughs) other person i I can reference that is um angel hernandez who is thought by pretty much everyone to be the worst umpire in baseball so much so that when um we had the the mlb london series so that even in london he was one of the umpires when they read out all the names of the umpires he got massively booed by everyone <laughs> and there, so there are like en- endless uh, no that is really not he's a dick there are like endless um compilations on youtube of just like balls that are right in the strike zone and he's calling it a ball and just him just generally being really bad at his job oh bless him so yeah don't call your child angel is it angel or angel it's probably Angel, yeah, because yeah. he's um he's like Cuban American, um, 
but people just call him Angel because it's, fu- it's funny because he's not. Maybe that's why he's being a dick because because um, people keep pronouncing his name wrong and he's like, right, every time in my life that someone pronounces my name wrong, I'm going to do a bad decision in the ball game sport. <laughs> <laughs> the sport, the sport balls game. Yeah, the sports balls. You know, the the, the balls games. The, the base, game of balls. Base sport. Yeah, base base foot sport. Oh no, that's, sorry, that's wrong. There's no there's no feet involved. There isn't, apart from when they're running. Yeah. <laughs> no, as a baseball player, you're not allowed to use your feet at all. You have to run without them. <laughs> you just have to shuffle along. Yeah, that's what makes it compelling. <laughs> Roly polies between the bases. Yeah, that, that would make it genuinely interesting. You hit the ball and then just fall on the floor and just have to roll along to the next base. I'd I'd watch that. Or you could do a, a forward roll. Yeah, you, you could. You could, I suppose. Although, would the amount of effort that the legs put into a forward roll constitute using your legs? Probably, yeah. Yeah, no legs. Arms only. Yeah, I think that's that's right. Did I just hear a dog bark in your, in your vicinity? Or is that one of the many idiotic <laughs> dogs in my neighbourhood? I think it's in my vicinity. It's so hot that I have to have the windows open. So... Even when it's very warm outside, I always make sure I close the windows, but today it is just too warm to, yeah. to close shop entirely. Any kind of breeze you can get, you've got to take what you can get. Yep, yeah, exactly. How's um, um, how's your cat coping with the heat? She is furious. Yeah? Um, she is livid. She lies um, on top of the uh, bookcase where it's cooler. She lies in the bath. Um, the other night I got up to go to the loo and she was lying in the sink because it's cooler. Um, Cats yeah, enjoy is, sinks, though, don't they? She is she is absolutely furious um, with the heat because she's very, very fluffy. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so she does not enjoy this hot weather. So we've just made sure that she's got as much um, water down as possible and just leave her to it because otherwise she's going to get furious with us and it's not our fault. Oh, poor, poor little bubba. Yeah, poor bastard animal. <laughs> Poor bastard animal. Yeah, cats, dogs, babies, all of them hate it. It's just not yeah. good for anyone. I can imagine that your young child is not. Uh, yeah, he's not fully happy appreciating it. No, not at all. He's he's not been too bad today actually. He he got to go and see the new Lion King. Oh, okay. Which I did not, but apparently it did not get a good review from him. Oh, really? Was he not a fan? No, but apparently I I think it's because the photorealistic animation is so strange to people that this is kind of the most egregious example of it and that people don't really know how to process it yet i think i think over the next few years we'll see a lot more films with photorealistic animation and it you know by the time my son has grown up it probably won't even be a thing but this is the first example of it of like sort of a genuinely real or you know not a real but a lion that's so photorealistic that it looks no different that is just, I think, actually a very strange experience for people. You know what? What? I think it looks really bad, and I have no intention <laughs> to see it. <laughs> I'm on the fence. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by the idea, but yeah, I think once I watch it, and I'm like, oh, there's an actual warthog. Oh, it's not as funny, really, because it's it's based on a cartoon. You, you know what looks great and full of vibrant color is an animated watering hole where animals are moving fluidly with fantastic animation hand-drawn animation and singing a song you know what doesn't look great a real life watering hole full of animals <laughs> yeah because it also, also smells really bad 
exactly. And it's brown and full of poo. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I care not for The Lion King. <laughs> I love the original. And what, you, what I love about the original is all of that wonderful animation, all of the vibrant colour. And, of course, the songs are very good, but really it's that colour, that charisma, that energy behind it, which has been completely lost in the new version. So I'm just like, eh, I don't care. Yeah, a get, young warthog. Get away. I, I, And also, they apparently ruined Scar's song. Yeah, it, it doesn't even have it. Apparently, it's like a weird spoken word piece. Yeah, give us give us Jeremy Irons. Being, that that sucks. I'm being, sorry be, to say, being Lion Hitler. That's one of the that's one of the best songs. Um, best songs in the film. Yeah, the Lion Hitler. Yeah, yeah. Give us Lion. No, you fool! We're gonna kill him. <laughs> We're gonna kill him. <laughs> As a kid, I found that line absolutely terrifying. Like, <laughs> what do you mean you're gonna kill him? Oh, it's so good. And uh, I, I, but the thing is that there's a genuinely brilliant poetic line in that song where he says, uh, my teeth and ambition are bared. And it's just like, oh, that's such a good line. That is good. It's a great line. Yeah, and you, it's one of those lines you hear as a kid and you process it, but you don't fully process it until you're a bit older and you actually understand what that means and how that all fits together. And then you're like, hot oh, damn, he's, he's brilliant. He's a poet and a murderous lion. He's a poet and a Hitler. <laughs> a Hitler poet. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, uh, Ideal Home, right? That's a movie we watched. Yeah, it is a movie with Steve Coogan and Paul Rudd and a kid. I thought the kid was was quite a good actor. Kid was good. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by him. The bits where at first he's just like grumpy and he just wants Taco Bell, and then he he tries to like when he tries to do like show and tell, and he's talking about. I live with Erasmus and Paul, and they are gay. <laughs> and um, it, it's not nice to say things like rude words and stuff. That that like made me really, really chuckle. Yes, yeah, that scene was hilarious. Particularly their reaction to it afterwards was very, very funny. Yeah, because um, the kid says some swear words, and there are moments where words. the the film kind of expects you just to laugh on the level that oh, it's funny, funny, ha ha, because a kid is swearing, which you know isn't quite the the same. But like there are moments when it does transcend that as well, right? Yes, yeah, there are. There are moments where it does become more than that. And and there's moments where the comedy involved actually is is a little bit cleverer as well. But also moments when it's kind of dumb. Oh yeah, yeah, but a lot of the time when it's dumb, it it um it works quite well, doesn't it? Yeah. Like when um Steve Coogan's wearing the first time she shows up, he's wearing a t-shirt that says I shaved my balls for this. Yes, yeah, which is great. But the reason that that is funny is not because of that. It's because up until that point, you've only ever seen him in like a really flamboyant outfit. Yes, and then so seeing him in this really sort of uh, like lazy outfit is 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 sort of jarring. And it just so happens to be that he's wearing this this quite rude t shirt at the time. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I, I felt like. Um... Alison Pill was good. Obviously, love her since Scott Pilgrim, and she's done a whole bunch of other stuff. But um, I felt she was underused, actually, and they didn't really make enough of her character. She was just kind of there. Yeah, I thought that that would become more of a thing, but really it's only that and then appearing in montages. Um, yeah. Which, and, and I kind of, 
I kind of think it's a shame because I really like her, but also I'm kind of pleased that they didn't go down the route of a suspicious child protective services person being, mm, no. I don't know if this is the right place for this kid. Because that's it, a very different film, isn't it? Yeah, and it could have gone down that route, and it could have gone down um, Captain America hates maths, um, where it becomes a whole ordeal about it. Whereas in this movie, it's less about that ordeal and it's more about the relationship between the characters. Yeah. Which I think I liked a bit more. Yeah, definitely. And I did like the montage towards the end, even though it felt like a cop-out. <laughs> it was a bit like, how do we how do we get from point A to point B? Oh yeah, let's just kind of stuff all this stuff, to, this stuff together in a montage. But it li- I liked it and it got me. Yes, and it helped that it had a very cute little twee song. Yeah, was that the Sufjan um, Stevens? Yeah, 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 I love, I love that song. Which is a great, it's, like, it's a great tune. He's the only person who can make a banjo sound good. <laughs> I've heard you make a banjo sound good, though. Yeah, that's true. This was a long time ago, though. Ten yes, years ago. Yeah. Oh God, it is ten years, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, almost. That's that's horrendous. How dare you remind me of that? Yeah, sorry. I, I never used one of those thumb picks, though, like you're supposed to. No, you to. didn't, yeah. I you, just kind of were, attacked it. You were too much of a radical wild card for that. I, yeah, I'm radical jokes. <laughs> I'm I'm what you'd call a dude. You are a dude. Not not a dud. Someone forgot to put the E on the end. A dude. Dude. So I say to you, dude, something inspiring and foolish precisely you know what i'm talking about right i know what you're talking about yeah the the great story of a dude and his car yeah dude where's my banjo (laughs) i've never seen that film incidentally oh dude where's my car yeah i think i've seen it but it might just blend into every other it's been quoted at me so endlessly that i feel that i've seen it (laughs) it's one of those kind of films isn't it you've definitely uh yeah you've definitely seen it at some point is that what they call a stoner movie? Yes, but it was also wasn't Dude Where's My Car one of the ones that was kind of already playing with what a like bro comedy was. Yeah. So like not to the same extent as um not another teen movie. Which was okay, well if, if you like... type dude into Google, it is the fifth one down. I mean I no, it depends on you as a person, but yeah, so we've got from the top dude meaning, dude perfect. Dude movie, dude shoes, and dude where's my car? Now what are dude shoes? I want some dude shoes. Dude shoes. Dude shoes. Oh, it's it's a brand of canvas shoes. They look kind of like Tom's, but more ugly. Okay, fair enough. Oh, okay. I think they should do a just a film called Dude, and it's June, but with but the with... Big Lebowski's dude. <laughs> yeah, the dude. I've also never seen the Big Lebowski. The I I uh, I was going to try and come up with something witty to say there, but it is just too hot. <laughs> it's, it's too hot to be funny. It's too we, hot to do anything. We're just going to spend the rest of this episode saying that things are good or bad. Dude, where's my car? Good or bad? Uh, based on my vague memory of it, bad. But <laughs> <laughs> is this what our podcast is going to be? Is this a 50, a 50 movie episode podcast where we just list off movies we have or have not seen? Yeah. The, and give them an arbitrary Rotten Tomatoes rating. Okay, Big, Big Lebowski. Good. 
ish. Yeah, good ish. Okay, you're allowed to put an ish on the end, I suppose. Okay, That's the, so the only qualifier you're allowed so to do. So we've got four different ratings here. I've got yeah. four different ratings. Good, goodish, bad, or badish. Okay, I'm I'm down with that. Oh, okay, I, I'm looking at I'm looking at dude who has my car. It's Ashton Kutcher and Sean William Scott. I did not know it was them. But it was some other young children. <laughs> if, if it was a movie about bros in the early two thousands and late nineties, then of oh, course yeah, no, you, had Sean you, Williams. You Scott knew Sean was. William Scott was going to be. <laughs> he's always he's he was in every movie of that. Era. He's the ultimate bro. Have you seen the episode of um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia that he's in? Yeah, where well, he turns up as Country that, Mac. Country Mac. That <laughs> that is one of his best performances I, for sure, I love and one of the episode. best episodes of that show. It's one of the best episodes of Always Sunny. Yeah, um, and and he's hilarious in it because the thing is that I think he's had some good moments here and there. Um, like I've heard that the movie Goon is very very funny. Yeah, and that's a that's a hockey thing exploring yeah. some of the genuinely interesting and problematic aspects of ice hockey. So that's a that's a film I've always meant to watch actually. Um, yeah, so I've heard that's actually really good. So maybe we should watch that at some point. Yeah, because I, I love hockey. I don't think we've ever really discussed it, but I no, really hockey's enjoy... great. Go I really Jets. enjoy watching watching ice hockey. Um, I find a lot of American sports I get a bit bored of, but hockey's the one that really um, speaks I can't to believe me. you'd say that about baseball, a sport in which men stand around for three plus hours w- waiting <laughs> for something to happen for 90% of the time. I know, it's the most incredible proactive sport. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, ice hockey is my sport of choice during the baseball off season, um, and I, yeah. I like basketball as well. But bas- basketball's a little bit too uh, there's a bit too much going on for me. Where it, it, it's, ev- hec- ev- it's hectic, isn't it? Every You've got twenty four five... seconds to score a shot. It's on a tiny claustrophobic court. Yeah, it kind of stresses me out. Every five seconds, things change, and that's too much for me. I like a little bit more of a tactical element to a game, um, and ice hockey, I think, is the one that comes closest to fulfilling being genuinely exciting but also having that tactical bent um so yeah i love a bit of hockey hockey's cool yeah oh yeah i want to see goon is there a romance plot you could talk I, about the love between canada and hockey <laughs> a love between a man and a puck <laughs> yeah I, I think we could yeah i think we could do it yeah i reckon we could oh also there's a link Alison pills in it oh there we go there you go. And Eugene Levy, who is brilliant. Oh, Eugene Levy. I love um, Eugene Levy. He's just the per- <laughs> he's the perfect on-screen dad. He really is, isn't he? Um, that's a perfect uh, ex- explanation of, of his role in movie life. You, yeah. need a, you need a dad, get Eugene in. Yeah, oh, no, there is a romantic subplot. Okay, yeah, we're doing this. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, so anyway, so, Ideal Home. Ideal Home. Alison Pill, underused in it. Um, underused Alison Pill. Performance is good, but she's only in about two scenes. Yeah, it is It is only a couple, isn't it? Which is a shame. Um, yeah. I thought that both Steve Coogan and Paul Rudd were really good in this film, though. Yeah, I felt like they, they genuinely had chemistry, and actually it was that that carried the film more than anything. Yes, yeah. I, I think you're right. that If those two didn't work so well together, you probably wouldn't bother watching this but the fact that they work so well together and the fact that they have i don't know they they framed their life together very well where they they their 
their personal life and their business lives were entwined so much that you never got a sense of them being apart. So the whole focus of the movie, whatever scene it was, it could in some way relate back to their relationship with one another. Yeah. And that was a really important, clever decision to make. Yeah. And I felt like the film was kind of fighting the whole time. It's like, is it a drama about kind of families and sons or is it about a relationship between these these two men it couldn't really decide whether it wanted to be about their relationship with each other or their relationship with this child who's come into their life yeah and i think primarily it focused on their relationship and and the child element you know it, it was engaging the way that they they had bill involved um and you really did care about his well-being but the main sort of thrust of the film was almost can these two people have that responsibility to look after a child together and and how are they going to react to being a parent even if it is only on a temporary basis and and what are the strains that are going to be put on their relationship together yes exactly it was it was actually i think ultimately about their relationship but i think the the subject matter of the kid and the way that actually some of the scenes with the kid were quite serious um gave that part maybe more emotional depth than the rest of the film Yes, yeah, I think you're right. And cuz it starts off in quite a serious way with the the dad being arrested and him giving like the um like giving the kid the money and going like oh there's an address in Santa Fe you go there on your own while he's being arrested and he walks past and sees the dad being arrested and pretends he doesn't know him. That's like really serious and emotional and like could be the start of quite a gritty film. Mm. So like when you know that it's supposed to be a comedy that that happening is actually a bit like oh okay i'm actually interested in this now this is genuinely yeah quite good emotionally but then it was like it almost went too far with that but i i think it i i think i disagree with you and i think that it got the balance just about right for a dramedy of this kind um where... See, i'm never quite sure about that term dramedy about a dramedy yeah it's what you call something when you you don't think that it fits with either of the things that it's supposed to be but then I guess why, nothing's ever black and white, is it? Yeah, why does it have to fit into it? Why can it not be its own thing? And I and I think this is a, a good example of of how you can have have both of those emotions conveyed in a sincere way. Because often when you watch a comedy, they have those dramatic elements, but it's always a plot device. You never feel that engagement with it. Um or often in a in a in a darker movie and more of a drama, they'll have those light relief moments. Um which take away the tension and you kind of feel are just there to give the audience a breather so that again it's there as a framing mechanism to enhance the drama whereas here, right. i it's think about... it balances balances both where you you have that engagement you have that dramatic care and concern but also there are some very funny elements to it yeah you're right it's about sort of light and shade isn't it and the things that give you as you say the light relief sometimes there isn't enough of that or as we say we're always accusing films of not being silly enough but this film was definitely silly enough yes yeah there's lots of silly moments in this movie um uh, it's yeah i i i and i enjoyed those silly moments but i think for me it tugged at my heartstrings the most when it was paul rudd being a good stern dad and i was just like yeah. oh i wish paul rudd was my good stern dad <laughs> yeah and that's the that's the kind of the bit that is like unexpected yet predictable which is that it's not his biological child but he's the one who ends up doing most of the parenting and getting into it yes yeah and and 
you know, it, you always knew it was going to happen pretty much from the beginning. You're like, oh, yeah, OK, this is where this movie's going to be. Um, but it still felt good to watch. And it still was done in a way where you still cared about what was happening. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And Coogan was Coogan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact that Steve Coogan in this movie, you knew what kind of role he was going to be playing out of the two. Yeah, it's, it's like he didn't really need to do anything different, did he? No, no, and it, it worked incredibly well. And I think even though Alan Partridge is w- one of the greatest com- comic creations ever, and it, he's continued to age into the character and age with it in such an amazing way, people are always going to think that. Yeah, I don't think he'll ever truly escape it. You know, if he even needs to. No, he d- he doesn't need to. But it must be hard for him when he goes and does things like this. People are just gonna like, what? However he does it, people are gonna go, oh, it's just him doing Alan Partridge. And if he d- tries to go too far away from it, people will be like, oh yeah, just stick to doing Alan Partridge, mate. Yeah, which is a shame. Um, so he can't win. But I I like him a lot in most things I've seen him in. Really. Yeah, he goes to Taco Bell and he asks for the wine list. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not kidding. Yeah, he's not kidding. So Taco Bell gets mentioned a lot in this movie. Yeah, I hope they paid handsomely for it. Yeah, I don't know if they did. It's not mentioned anywhere in the trivia as being a, this film was partially funded by Taco Bell. What? Um, but it does mention that the running gag of Taco Bell in the film came from the director's idea that the kid was a really pretentious foodie. Uh, and what's the most annoying thing that could happen, apparently? Um, so yeah, I, I, and so it, it does deliver this good, uh, dichotomy, I suppose, of, um, these two people being massively involved in, in high society food and then yeah. being forced to deal with a kid who only wants to eat Taco Bell and then secretly eating Taco Bell all the time. Yeah. Cause Taco Bell is good. See, I've, I don't think I've ever had Taco Bell. Oh really? There's yeah. one in, uh, Leeds. So the last time we I was up in Leeds for the Thought Bubble Comic Festival, um, we got Taco Bell, and that was very good. So there's a Taco Bell in Brighton, but it's miles out of the way from anywhere. Uh, okay, well, you should definitely make a pilgrimage, because it is actually quite good. As, like, fast food goes, I, 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 don't, I don't mind it. They do, they do quesadillas that are quite neatly packed and quite nice. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's sort of... Um, it's not near where we would normally go... It's sort of down in like a more shoppingy area. Oh yeah, away, away from. I, like... I hate shopping. Jeez, <laughs> why would you go shopping? So Brighton's great, and it's full of weirdos, and like that's that's partly why I love it. Um, whereas I think the Taco Bell is a little bit closer towards like the more if you go down because you want to buy some shit. Yeah, area of, of of Brighton, but maybe I'll maybe I'll make the trek out the next time I'm there. I mean, Taco Bell is not is not KFC. It's not on that level. Oh, that's. But it's uh, still, you see, well, in that case, it's, not why... bad. it's it's good. It's good for a break from KFC every once in a while. Though. <laughs> I'm there. I finished my my popcorn chicken, and I'm like, I'm not quite full, but I yeah. don't think I could eat more fried chicken. Quite like a little quesadilla. So I'm now looking at the um, the food list for Taco Bell. The, the little menu. Not not the the wine list. Not the wine list. The food list, and actually. Uh, by the way, just disclaimer: this this episode is brought to you by Taco Bell. Yeah. Um, there is something Keep here that called bell. A, there's something here called a Doritos Crunch Burrito, and it looks like the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, 
It is very so, good. I so have chili, had one of those. chili heatwave burritos with beef, rice, cheese sauce, and sour cream. Nice. I'd go for that. Uh, I'm just sorry. Or, I'm just looking at where my nearest Taco Bell is. Or I could get it for a meal with chips, a drink, and some cinnamon twists. Cinnamon that twists. Ob- that is obscene. I've already got Doritos in my in my burrito. Wait, hold the, hold the phone. There's a Taco Bell in Woking. Oh, mate! When ne- when you come to visit me, we're gonna go to we're gonna go we'll to go Taco get, Bell in Woking. We'll go get Taco Bell, and then we're gonna go to the That's Amore Pizzeria in West Byfleet, as we discussed oh. several episodes ago. <laughs> this is gonna this be a, a good day. Mate. This is gonna be great. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it already. Yeah. We'll be walking around eating our Doritos filled <laughs> out of uh, out of a bag. <laughs> This is incredible. Okay, I really don't appear to be any in central London. Oh no, there looks like there is one. Okay, I could make a pilgrimage tomorrow. Oh yeah, it's on um, Tottenham Court Road. Ah, okay, I didn't know that was there. Oh right, yeah. Welcome to the. We tell you where Taco Bell's are near where I live and work. Mate, I really want a Taco Bell now. These things look, look obscene. Yeah. But did you think it looked good on film? It did look good on film. I think they put a lot of effort into um in into making them look it good. It did. I mean you don't have the trivia to tell us for for whatever bullshit reason you're gonna invent, but I think that it was filmed at a real Taco Bell. That's gonna be my guess. That blatantly looked like a real Taco Bell. They must have been given some money by Taco Bell to talk about how good Taco yeah. Bell is. Or at the very least free tacos yes yeah um and and there's a good um scene at a video game arcade i like that yeah yeah and yeah it cuts really nicely from yeah them saying do you want to go to the arcade and eat ice cream and then yeah paul rudd and the kid are uh, having fun on the machines and coogan's just kind of standing by going what is this nonsense what is this yeah what is this, this isn't, fun this isn't the opera <laughs> Or other things that uh, Coogan, like. Coogan loves his opera. I love the opera. Um, speaking of speaking of game arcades, have you finished watching Stranger Things yet? No, I've seen the first three episodes. Oh, so don't you got yeah, lots to catch up. No spoilers, but so far I'm really enjoying it. Ah, oh, good stuff. Even the like scores, the score, incidental music is very good. I have. As well as obviously great use of "Cold as Ice" by Foreigner. Because as among other songs, as soon as you finished, I need to have discussions with you. We need to have it out. It. Yes, we need to discuss because I need to talk to someone about this. Are you, are you livid? I, I don't want to say if I'm livid or not because it might give you misconceptions yeah, about the end. So I'm not me. going to tell, tell you me. my. I'm not going to tell you my emotional state, but I need you to finish so we can speak about it. Okay, I'll, I'll try and get. So on it. hurry up this weekend. Yes. Yeah chuck it on watch oh, well. it all it's definitely appropriate for a baby it's um it's definitely appropriate for a baby i was watching all sorts of horrible stuff when i was a kid and it didn't do me no yeah, wrong that, that explains a lot <laughs> i was there watching <laughs> watching the terminator watching alien when i was like eight and seven years old never did me any harm so stranger things will be fine yeah yeah the monsters aren't <laughs> even real not even real cgi photorealistic demogorgons but they're not real no exactly exactly so you know seeing them sing is frankly just a step too far 
<laughs> when they did that little tap routine halfway through. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not down with that. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, yeah. so, right. Well, let me tell you about my biggest problem with Ideal Home, which is that the whole time Paul Rudd is like, oh, I, c- I could have gone and worked for Rachel Ray. I could have gone and worked for Rachel Ray. And then he goes to work for Rachel Ray, but he can't do it. Why is it Rachel Ray and not Guy Fieri? That's true. It's true. Or, um... <laughs> what Adam or Richmond, Gordon Ramsay, Adam Richmond as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, because he's not—he's not fat anymore. That's true. It's true. He's—he's he's now. Um, although I did see him the other day on really? YouTube. Was it? Was he at Taco Bell? He was not, but he was doing this show with this other fella who I watch on YouTube, where they go around and look at burgers. And um... <laughs> they go around and look at burgers. Yeah, well, they eat them as well. Primarily, okay, like, good. They, they look at how famous You made burgers. it sound like they're just like in an art gallery, you know, on a, on a plinth. There's always burgers on plinths and they're all going around and going, hmm, look at this one. Uh, I mean, there, there is a genuine kind of that tone to the show because the fella's a, a burger chef um, for real life. Uh, What's his name? YouTube. I can't remember his name. Jonathan Bergerman. I think it's just called The Burger Show. Yeah, his name is his name is Ham Bergerman, um, <laughs> and and um, oh, Ham, <laughs> and um and so yeah, and they they go around and they look at how classic burgers from across America and beyond are um are prepared and 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 created, and then they eat them and go, this is a really good burger, and it's just really relaxing watching. That that does sound very relaxing. Is it gentle? It's very gentle, oh. um, much like I found this show on on uh, Netflix, uh, which is called something like the Taco Show, and it's this Mex- it's this Mexican <laughs> the burger show, the Taco Show. It's it's this Mexican show, and they spend a whole half hour talking about tacos per episode, and it's just so relaxing to watch. It's just like, yeah, I am now an expert in tacos. That sounds fantastic. This is exactly the kind of television you want when both when it's hot and when you have a baby because you want something that you can kind of ignore but also tune into and go oh isn't that nice exactly exactly which is why queer eye is perfect so yeah taco whatever it's called the taco show on netflix is great the taco show if All i right. search taco taco chronicles it's called taco chronicles yeah it's now so that good. sounds like a game boy advance game that never made it over from japan <laughs> Golden Sun 3, the Taco Chronicles. I would play the heck out of that game. Yeah, exactly. Golden Sun, the most underrated RPG series of all time. They were so good. And they never made it off the GBA. No. Which is a real shame. Yeah, they were two extremely good games there. Was it, I, there were more, weren't there? But I only ever played the first two. I thought there was only two, but maybe I'm wrong. I think there was a later one on the 3DS, maybe. Oh, really? Yeah, but I never played it because I never owned a 3DS. But yeah, those two on the Game Boy Advance, man, I was obsessed with those. And they had really good music as well. They were great. Really great games. Very good. But the Taco Chronicles, on the other hand, that's next level. Yeah, Taco Chronicles. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, so I I felt like in Ideal Home, they they had like a a couple of moments where they were parodying cooking shows, but they weren't really going for it. And they they perhaps could have done more with that, actually. The bits where Google was shooting his show. Yeah, and I think the issue is that they they had lots of things that they wanted to do in this film. And they I think they gave them all as much time as they could. But uh 
but they could never really go that in depth into any element. And a lot of the time it worked, but you're right, it would have been really good to see more of those kind of moments. Um, seeing how the show's put together and seeing their at-work relationship as well. Because whenever whenever that's going on, it's very, very funny. Yeah, it's good. And Coogan is perfect for that kind of role. Yes, definitely. That's very, very good. But being able to tie that to a plot device where he's leaving to go and work for Rachel Ray is is quite funny. Yes, yeah. It was, uh, oh, okay, fine. This is how you're going to get them to split up briefly yeah. and then get them back together. It's all because of Rachel Ray. And then he, he, shout, <laughs> he shouts, fuck in an airport, and then he comes home. Yes. That's all Which we all want to do at an airport. Have. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> Airports I mean, are annoying. Can you show me your boarding pass so I can give you this bottle of water that you want to buy? Fuck! That's how I want to react every time I get asked to show me. <laughs> no, I don't want pass. to get my boarding pass. I don't want to get my boarding pass out every five seconds yeah. to do anything. But you know what I do? Is you know, like, now you have your boarding pass on on a phone. On your phone. I just get my phone out and say, oh, yeah, here it is. And then it's just, like, a picture of a, of a sausage dog or something. <laughs> you know, you it could go for boarding. a picture, Rude. But it's just, like, it like I go for a, whole, a wholesome picture. Oh, yeah, yeah, or a picture, a picture of some tacos. Yes. Is, yeah. And then be like, because I'm getting on the plane to Taco Town. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which is... And then they're like, sir, please show me your boarding pass. <laughs> just please. I've got a queue of 20 people behind you. Please yeah. just show me your boarding pass. There are several people behind you taking up literally the entire length of this this. This shop that holds the record for the smallest branch of boots in the UK. <laughs> I see you have also enjoyed Gatwick. Yeah, man. Gatwick is a really shit airport. Yeah, it's just too busy. It's no so airport busy is there. good, but Gatwick is like, yeah, it's way too small. Like you can't That's even find somewhere to sit down it's... anywhere. Yeah, there's so many, because so many people fly out of Gatwick every day that even when you're there at six in the morning, it's already absolutely heaving. Um, it's, yeah, ugh, Gatwick Airport. Yeah, not good. Um, so, do you have anything else to say about Ideal Home? This has been a um, real, a real wandering episode. <laughs> it has, yeah. Well, yeah, the, this, this, we could call this some Chronicles, couldn't we? The Taco, Taco Chronicles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I gather that this film was not that well received by gay reviewers, um, as a film that shows a, a relationship between two men, which is you know obviously relatively rare on screen, um, people obviously have very very high expectations and rightly expected more of it. But I gather that a lot of the humour was just seen as a bit sort of stereotypy and as a bit crass. Um, I... So to me, I, I I thought it was funny and I enjoyed it, but I I understand and you know I think that is a valid criticism for sure. I think there's one issue here, which is that. Um you know we you know there are jokes about porn and there's a, a kind of a sex scene where he ends up showing out dances with wolves which is quite funny but like yeah I, I can understand how it's seen as a bit retrograde and and also it is two straight men who are the leads in this movie about a gay couple yeah um which i think you know we uh, th there's that very big debate about you know who actors represent and what they do but i think there's there's still a role to be played in actually promoting people. Um, and so they they both put in really good performances. I really like Paul Rudd in this, 
But yeah. And the the writer and director Andrew Fleming is gay. Yes, yeah. So it's not as though this is just a um, It's not a straight a, person's a, a like, movie. laughing at yeah, coming up with lots of gay knob jokes to fill yes, a film. Exactly. This is not <laughs> this is not Adam Sandler and Rob Schneider. <laughs> no. Um <laughs> It's it, you leave I, Adam Sandler alone, and I think Andrew Fleming really did deal with the script with care, yeah, and and a lot of it I think was meant as a sort of um, a positive message. But oh do, yeah, absolutely. But I I do wonder whether um, whether having gay leads might have been, you know, a good a good option to have here. There's no way that would have been a bad thing. No, no, exactly. Yeah, but having said that, I think Coogan and Rudd did perform well. Yes, yeah, I think they both did really well. Um, I really and you you believed their relationship, and I think they had good chemistry. Yes, yeah, they definitely had very good chemistry together, which was great to see. Um, Yeah, so it was. Yeah, it was. It was good. I I like this film. Yeah, and I kind of felt bad for the dad um, at the end of the film. It's just like, yeah, he he's just like they get custody of the dad, and then the last you see of him is just him looking sad in the courtroom. And then it's like, is he just completely out of the picture? When it actually seemed like him and his son did have kind of a nice relationship, but that was kind of a bit glossed over, and I wasn't sure about that. Yeah, as the I film was... sort of really, really rushed towards its conclusion. Yeah, my 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 main problem with it is that the second half was really rushed. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is, I think they could have been some more time spent at the end about you know giving giving that closure to it all um because you know uh, it's easy to portray people who have substance abuse problems as villains in movies um but it's not always that clear-cut in real life and i think like this movie could have done maybe a little bit more with that in terms of family supports getting back on his feet because every so often it's alluded that he's never really cared for his son steve coogan's never really cared for his son yeah yeah he wanted kind of wanted nothing to do with him and you're like actually coogan it would be nice if you sort of made amends by maybe asking him to also move in with you in your massive house <laughs> like yes yeah or that or side that, of, that side it, of it wasn't explored then at least having some kind of um further relationship and try and try and do something about it but yeah so it was, it was interesting that that wasn't really explored here and i know that that wasn't really the focus of the film but i think it could have done with with more of that yeah there's just yeah there's a lot of things that could have done better but that but it is still a fair film that's funny and enjoyable to watch and worth your time yeah yeah exactly it's still an enjoyable movie it's still worth watching um i just think there's, there's moments here and there that are maybe a little bit of a missed opportunity yeah for sure um andrew fleming also wrote and directed hamlet 2 which is one of those films where you always see it and you're like what the fuck is hamlet 2 <laughs> yeah so that was a steve coogan vehicle as well yeah wasn't it? have you ever seen it i've not seen it no it's the kind of thing where i thought and now now that i i know that andrew fleming made it i'm quite interested in it and i think conceptually it looks interesting and very funny yeah because it's the kind of movie that i thought oh paddy must have seen that it seems exactly the kind of paddy johnston film hamlet too <laughs> um what makes you say it's that just, just the whole idea of it the whole concept and the fact that it's got steve coogan in it it just seems like the perfect perfect movie for you so the the, the thing that i know um that i know andrew fleming for is the craft which is an amazing movie i don't know if you've ever seen the craft i have not what's it about um it's it's 
it's about uh high school witches it's it's amazing it's um neve campbell oh yeah i've seen, i think i've i've i recognize this poster yeah it's it's a yeah. really it's a really fun film um one of those great sort of like 90s sort of uh darker like horror but with a slight knowing comedic like angle to them um so yeah hmm. that, that's a great movie sounds good um but yeah there, there's no witches in ideal home and then he's also done a film called dick is it about boris johnson <laughs> i hope so no i've never heard of this but it looks like it's a comic reimagining of the watergate scandal let me see this let me see this just starring Kirsten Dunst and Michelle Williams. And, and Dan Hedaya. Relatively young. Oh, our main man, Dan, Dan Hedaya, Hedaya. The man we love the most. Who I'd never heard of until we saw him in... What film was it? <laughs> I am a long a long-running fan of Dan Hedaya, as we, yeah. as we discussed. I know we talked about how I'd seen him in um, Rookie of the Year. Yes, yeah. Separately from my other podcast. Whereas I was talking about his great role in Commando. Oh yes, the greatest movie. Which I have not <laughs> seen. Have you not seen Commando? No, I know that it's it's one of those Arnie films where he's where he's hench and really cool. <laughs> you just described every Arnie film. <laughs> yeah, um, even Hercules, in especially New York. Hercules in New York. Um, yeah, Commando is one of the greats. It's it's an awesome movie. Um, <laughs> anyway right okay so ideal home anything else to say about ideal home uh no I, I think i've said everything that i need to say it's it's overall very good some bits of it are missed opportunity um but still funny and worth your time S- loses its way a bit in the middle lo- goes too quickly towards its conclusion one of those few films where actually you're like it's an hour and a half maybe an extra 10 to 15 minutes of stuff um a bit more character development might have paid off who knows? Yeah, because it is quite a short movie, and I think maybe if they had put a little bit more time onto it, it could have. Yeah, when usually most films yes, are too long. Yeah, it could have. It could have done more. But I, I still really enjoyed this film, um, and you know, I would still recommend it to people. Um, it's a, it's an interesting movie. It does a lot of good work with his characters, and um, it, it has some very, very yep. funny moments as well. How are we going to rate this? Oh, actually, no. Have you got trivia first? Yeah, it's too hot for trivia. <laughs> too hard for trivia so yeah how are we going to rate this uh let's see how hmm how many giant tacos are you going to eat from taco bell uh how many tacos or how many are you going to buy and then freeze so you can eat later how many delicious crunchy burritos uh, I think it's going to be fourteen for me. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about fair. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna go a bit lower and go thirteen. Just ah, fair to, enough. Yeah, fair I feel enough. like I, I perhaps maybe just had that one point slightly less than you, but yeah, it's fair. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Sorry, I was just looking at the poster for Hercules in New York. <laughs> his his body is like triangular. It's <laughs> amazing, the, isn't it? He's muscular in such a weird way. <laughs> Exactly. It's, what a pinnacle of manhood right there. <laughs> right, what are we watching next, bro? Ah, uh, so that's Bro Haim. <laughs> All right, Dudekin. Um uh, I uh I'm kind of stuck. Would you like to go modern or classic? 
Um, when was the last time we did anything that would be considered classic? Well, we did Heather's literally one episode before this one, didn't we? Yeah. Um, but... So, I, I, again, it's going to Okay, be... let's, let's go modern then. Go modern. Right, in that case, yeah. um, there's this really bad-looking movie that's come on Netflix recently. <laughs> oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like we should watch it. Um, it's called After. Have you seen the trailer? The trailers for this come up every I... time you've gone on Netflix as well. No, it's still just, try- just trying to get me to see um, Stranger Things. <laughs> right, <laughs> okay. I- it's either Stranger Things or Queer Eye. Netflix After. No, I-, I don't want Netflix's share price. Do you think I'm the kind of man <laughs> who owns stocks and shares? Jesus Christ. All right. I have a bags. baby. <laughs> <laughs> After. Oh seen... no! Maybe I have seen this. The the trailers the trailers for this show up constantly Wait. for me. Hang on, the the bloke is called Hero Finds Tiffin. That's <laughs> obviously somebody's extremely posh son. Oh, blatantly, he apparently plays eleven year old Tom Riddle in one of the Harry Potter movies, though. Oh, that guy! So it, t- it okay. ties in perfectly. To to your favourite movie franchise, is this is this a shit piece? I think it might be. He it might be a shit piece. Uh, the trailer keeps showing up all the time for me, and I just want to get it out of the way. Hold the front page. It says based on novelist Anna Todd's best-selling after series, which originated as One Direction inspired fan fiction. Oh mate, we have chosen brilliant. There are then. there are levels to this. This this is an onion of romance. <laughs> Right, we're watching this bad boy next. Sweet, I'm excited. All right, okay. Excellent stuff. This looks great. (laughs) All right, any more for any more? Uh, No, I think that's it. We talked about uh, Rutger Hauer, rest his soul. I hope, God rest his soul, I hope there are many hobos with shotguns to welcome him into the gates of heaven. Yes, go and watch Blade Runner, Hobo with a Shotgun, Lady Hawk, the series of Channel Zero he was in. And the Hitcher, because those are he puts in so many amazing performances across the board to Zold Rukahawa, um, that it's worth celebrating them. So, so that's your homework, listeners. Yeah, we're going to set you homework from now on. Yeah, we will be marking. We expect yep. good grades from you all. Yeah, the mark scheme is very tough. Yes, for sure. Um, by which I mean, I'm going to set it, and it's going to be tough because <laughs> I haven't written it yet. We keep keeping them on their toes. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, thank you very much for tuning in. As always, we really, really appreciate it. Um, hope you enjoyed Ideal Home. Um, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. Um, it's on Netflix, as is next week's film after. So there you go. Uh, you can get us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod on the emails Big Boys Don't Cry Podcast at gmail dot com. Always love to hear from you and leave us a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate it. Yes. If you suddenly had to look after a kid, where would you take them to eat junk food? Yeah. What What's your, your junk emporium of choice? There's a lot of choice. There is a lot of choice. Yeah, let yeah. us know. Could just be the local chippy, even. Could be, could be. Yeah. If, if you get a kid that only wants Savaloys, that's all right. I mean, that's me as a child. Yeah. <laughs> that explains a lot. Savaloys <laughs> and horror films. Savaloys and horror films. That's the name of my autobiography. <laughs> It genuinely sounds like it could be like a Tom Waits song. 
Sabalors <laughs> and horror films as they walk around in the dark. Do do do. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, and we'll be back next week to talk about after. All right. Bye-bye. All right, bye bye. Bye.